welcome to Chasing Life episode 15 for July 17th. We skipped a week for the first time ever. We did. Ooh, I'm really loud. So we got two weeks of stuff to catch up on. Do you want to know why I paused before I said the title of the show? I was thinking farm food fitness. I almost said episode 15 of farm food fitness. That's our old podcast. How many episodes of that did we record? Hmm. Like, you don't have to look it up. Just uh, a, a best uh, guess 11, would be I think. good. Really? That many? Mm, something like that. Can you turn my mic up a little bit? It's quiet. I think it's actually more your headphones then. That's what I mean. Uh, this is an anticlimactic start to the podcast. <laughs> I can't remember. I still have the domain, Farm Food Fitness. Anyway, Farm that was our old podcast that we used to record back in the day. So now we have two weeks of farm happenings that we need to catch up on. Yeah, that said, there's not like tons of... No, I think, again, we're in a bit, little, little bit of a holding pattern here, like waiting for a second cut of hay to come up and... The hurry up and wait of farming. Yeah. Um, I think last time we recorded, we were just kind of coming to the tail end of having a rough time with Ruby, and that's all cleared up. So eight we've, liters a day. Yeah, we've been getting... We're back to eight plus liters per day. I don't know that we've gotten more than eight since we've been back on track with her. And so we use that as an opportunity to go once a day. Yeah, so she and Lionel are separated at nighttime, and then we're milking her in the morning just once, and and that's good. That like She's she seems well. to be doing better. Lionel's doing all right. Um, milking is quick and easy. She's excited to be milked by the morning. She's she literally ran into the stanchion this morning. I think that helps when he's not there all night. Yeah. Yeah, I think like she's getting rest. She's looking a little bit better. Like she's she's plucky. Like I was thinking today that we need to start looking at um, keeping a better track of her cycle, if that's possible. Because if we are to do AI, we need to start thinking about that in August or September if we're going to have another spring calf. How? What what are what signs are you looking for? Yeah, so. They tend to be more vocal, I've heard. Like, they tend to to moo a lot more. Um, if they are in a field with other cattle their size, they'll mount them. Or, or allow themselves to be mounted by other cows. Um, blood on the tail is a good indicator. But that indicates that you've missed it. So it's a very, very narrow window. It's like 10 to 12 hours. Yes, but if you've missed it, at least yeah, you, then can, you, can you can kind put of it on the count backwards and look at the next one for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was sort of wondering to myself if, because I know when we were trying for Hudson, <laughs> I took my temperature. And that was one of the ways that I was able to track my cycle more carefully was by taking my basal body temperature. And I wonder if that's possible with cattle, like if that's a thing. I don't think mammals are that far different when it comes to stuff like that. So, yeah. I mean, once you kind of, you, again, you would probably need to know her normal temperature. Like you're not looking for a certain temperature. You're looking for a change in temperature. You're looking for a pattern. Yeah. So, I mean, it would take probably 
you know, a, a, two cycles to see the pattern. <clears throat> Get that thermometer out. Yeah. So we'll have to order a new thermometer. Because well, I'm thinking, I think I know what the most efficient way to t- take a cow's temperature is. Sure, while we're milking her upper pooper. But um, a regular basal body temperature thermometer isn't going to work because it won't go up high enough. I don't think. Because they go, those ones go like two decimal points because it's so sensitive. I don't know that they would go up high. I have one. I should just try it i should just plug it in and see if it works and by plug it in i mean stick it in her butt next time i'm milking her um (laughs) yeah so and if not we'll look into buying a cow thermometer a cowmometer maybe next time i'm over the border because i still have to go across and grab that stuff um i'll have a look at the tractor supply and see if they've got one god that american tractor supply so good make me a list of things that you want from there um I haven't used much blue coat, so we don't need that. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. No. I mean, it seems like one, like last time we went in to get blue coat, and we wandered for a while. Yeah. They had ducks. They had <laughs> live ducks there. That That's not coming back across the border with us. Mm, I think I could get away. <laughs> get away with and should be two different things. Um, Well, that's a great segue to talking about the ducks. Yeah, so... So we a couple weeks ago, we trimmed the duck's flight feathers. We've been saying for a while, we yeah. need to clip their wings. One of these days, we're going to wake up and there's not going to be any ducks in the pond. And that would be really sad because they're just going to literally up and fly away. And so we, I was, I posted this on our Instagram because I posted a picture and a video of trimming the wings. I was apprehensive to do it because like if if there's something that is difficult for me, I procrastinate on it. Or something that like challenges me and paralyzes me, I j- that's where I procrastinate. So I haven't been like anxious to do this job because I think I was just worried about hurting the ducks. But it's easy. It's like clipping toenails or cutting hair. Like yeah. it was fairly easy. So you have a technique for trapping the ducks now. <laughs> yeah, my thing was leading up to it. I'm like, how the heck are we going to get these things? Like, get a hold of them. Because, I mean, when we were trying, when we thought we had, we had, well, we probably still did, but had to bring them in at night. A couple of times we were like, okay, how the heck do we do this? Like, they're in the middle of a pond that's 25 or four, so feet across. How the heck do you get a hold of birds? Well, and as soon as you get near them, they go into the middle of the pond. Yeah. They're very good at that. So I had noticed that, for the most part, they come running when we feed them. So I'm like, Okay, well, we've got this duck house here. And they do go in at the odd time. Like, I hear them in there sometimes when I come out in the morning. Mm, they're so noisy. Oh, yeah. Especially in there. It's like a little echo box, right? Like, um, chamber, even. <laughs> uh, um, so, I'm like, well, what happens if I put the food in the thing? So, I did that one day. And I think you were kind of walking across the lawn. And I was like, yes, doing a little celebration dance. And sure enough, they were all inside. So, I was like, okay, that's how we do it. So, we put food inside. It's their stampy feet yeah. that are loud <clears throat> on the hollow floor. Yeah. So we did, we put some food inside and you kind of wait on the other side where they can't see you because they're smart now and they'll come running up and, and I, like they have inside. vision like chickens. They have like 360 vision. You yeah. can see them like turning their heads slightly, but they have great peripheral vision. Well, and in general, birds have great actual eyesight. Like they can see things at literally at a mile up that we like, we are imperceivable to us at six feet off the ground. Imperceptible. 
You turned the electric fence back on. I did turn the electric fence back on. Um, After our coyote attack, I'm so nervous that we're going to lose them too, but... So I... We went out there with the intent on flipping the wings. Yeah. I threw food in the thing. Turned the electric fence off. Put food in the in the chicken house. We gathered them up one by one and clipped their wings. And it went well. That they, went, was they went in, fine. slid the door shut, just went in, grabbed one, clipped them, yeah. tossed them back in the pond. And they're one, beautiful. One got away. Yeah. We lost. We we didn't manage to clip one's wings. And it escaped before we could. So this is already like two weeks ago that we've clipped eight of nine ducks wings and so we've noticed since then that so we have nine ducks total seven of the nine kind of look like a variation of a mallard like yeah there's a couple of darker ones there's a couple in between ones i don't really think we have any runners because runners are those like tall lanky ones that have like the long sticky uppy necks and the long bodies and it looks like their feet are too far back I don't think we have any of those. They walk very upright. Although right. I wonder if some of these are mixed though. Because some of them are kind of look a little bit more th- like longer I'm than I'm sure they're mixed. I'm sure they are uh, like mongrel. Yeah. Like, they're, they're not like some of the ducks you see are really squat and they don't have a very long neck. And our right. guys, some of them, like most of them have. A squatty body and a long neck? Like pretty long necks. Yeah. Like it's kind of weird. Um. So anyway, seven of nine are like variations of brown and gray but two of them are like what i would call a, a buff color like a an off-white ivory yeah, kind of color white a little they're, bit of like brown they're very and gray. pretty they're very pretty and so we trimmed one of the white ones wings um but the not the away. other <laughs> white one because it got away and so we noticed that one of the two white ducks wasn't swimming with the other ducks and it was kind of staying to the shore. But we couldn't tell from a distance. We couldn't tell if it was the one that we had clipped or yeah. not. So tonight we got a hold of, and the white ones are girls. Like, I don't know. I just call them girls. <laughs> we have no idea what they are at all. I don't know whether they're girls or boys, but I just call them girls. So we got a hold of both of them and said, okay, like, f- figured out which one we hadn't clipped yet and held on to her. And then to figure out which one was swimming and which one wasn't, we threw the other white one kind of toward the water. So well, that I, just, I opened the door and just, just kind of like, like let them all go and they all... And she went in the water. So the one that we hadn't clipped yet was the one that wasn't swimming. And then I'm kind of like, are, th- are they that smart that like, because her wings weren't clipped, she wasn't allowed to swim. You can't you swim with, with us. Ah, <laughs> uh, mean girls. I, but, had, I actually had that going. Like I had that thought in my head too. Yeah. For every, every time I've seen them for the yeah. last... So we got a hold of her, clipped her wings. And and the one time she actually was in the water and we could see like she was swimming a little bit odd. Like and she had like her like wings kind of brought up. Wiggling and... her hips back and forth and her wig and her wings were up. So we kind of gave her a once over when we had her in our hands. And then she didn't like clipped her wings, put her back in the pond. Same attitude. Area. She just stayed on the bank. So, I mean, she goes in the water to drink. So she's getting water well, and she's, she's getting she stands n- in nutrients. she stands in just the edges like feet wet in the water yeah. and she'll dip her head in and get a oh, drink and she feels light i hope she's i hope she doesn't get sick or starve i mean to be honest they all do they all feel like that yeah they're like they look bigger than they are i thought the other ones felt a little bit heftier but yeah i mean there's some variation but i didn't it wasn't it, i did not feel i grabbed a couple of them today and mm-hmm. they didn't like she didn't feel abnormally lighter than than the rest so yeah and otherwise they're just kind of doing their duck thing over there expressing their duckiness they're so cute their duckitude like i like hearing them in the morning i like like 
I like watching them kind of just like coast yeah. around as a pack and 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 the now with all the rain that we had in the last week and a half mm-hmm. it's been the, raining the, a lot the, the pond's got a lot more water in it mm-hmm. and you can kind of it's a little less scuzzy because there's more water mm-hmm. so you can kind of see like it was low enough that they were constantly kicking up dust uh, yeah. dirt and everything in the water now there's some separation and you can see their little feet going when they're swimming and yeah because we were just kind of watching them for a little while trying to wait for them to go inside today <clears throat> so um you're in the pool business and we haven't opened our pool yet. <laughs> it's mid-July. It's mid-July. We were talking about um, draining the pool into the pond. Because yeah, there's no chlorine Because there was no, there. yeah, there hasn't been chlorine in it since last July. Um, because the pond was so low, we were thinking like, well, the pool's disgusting. We'll just drain we, it. We have get water a that truck we don't want to swim in. Yeah. We have a pond that needs water. So we were going to do that. But now over there, it's like super swampy, like... Even in between the garden beds is really wet. So I don't know adding more water to that pond is a good solution. Or, I mean, it'll just run down to the neighbor's pond that's lower. His pond needs water. We'll yeah. just we'll just give it to Murray. It's fine. Just drain I, it down. I do. You said you said that the between the gardens and stuff. I am. I have been concerned for the last two weeks when it's been raining so much because it's been raining. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was like a three day period and it wasn't hard, hard rain. So I was in digging It was that. nonstop. But it did for like three days. We got a couple of pretty good storms. Yeah. But like the first bunch of rain we got, it was about a three day period and it was pretty light rain for the whole thing. Um, and I've always been worried about because we moved in so much soil about it all washing out. And it doesn't seem to have been happening, knock on wood. No, I think the beds are up high enough, but well, I worry that we don't have enough soil on the potatoes right now. Like, I feel like we need to hill the potatoes up a little bit more, but I think it's too how late. can, uh, how can you get more soil into that jungle? Like <laughs> there, that's mayhem over there. It's I think crazy. you just, you'd have to shovel it in and then shake it down through the leaves. And, yeah. Cause they are like almost waist high they like, really, or yeah. over waist high yeah, in some places. For sure. I guess start looking up which potatoes. Oh, somebody's looking to get out. Um, I, I want to look at what the life cycle is on some of those potatoes because my guess is fairly soon there's going to be some that are ready to come out don't you have to wait for the plants to die off at the top isn't that kind of the rule of thumb there's some that are looking a little wilty yeah Um, so they'll be the first to harvest last time when i did potatoes and then raised beds out back i didn't we just dug them up are we are we supposed to cut the flowers off i've never done that either (laughs) it actually has a little cherry on it um yeah isn't that like the seed head that you tried to plant so you do, you can, I, I was never successful. I never actually extracted seeds from that, but I tried, I looked it up last year and, and tried it with a few and it's a lot like trying to ferment off tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So you Which take you that, did successfully. Yes. And you, so you take that little tiny cherry, it's about the size of a marble or a little bigger. Um, same idea, kind of like mush it up a little. Um, and I tried it with a couple, and, but never, I didn't dedicate to it. Like I didn't. Do you know what family potatoes belong to? They're nightshades. Hmm. I wasn't sure if you knew that. Yes. There's which is much like, like, which is much the same reason why you would have to extract the seeds like you do a tomato. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did know that. There's another um, plant that grows underneath the apple tree. That's a nightshade. And I don't, it's more like a weedy plant, but it has those purple dangly flowers on it. And it's a nightshade as well. And it gets the same kind of like seed cherries that yep. the potatoes do. It does almost look like a little... Looks like a tiny, well, it looks like a tiny cucumelon almost. Like it's got a little bit of stripey to it. Hmm. Well, I don't know if that was like the it, variety that I had. or Yeah, I was, was going to say, it probably depends on the variety of the potato. Yeah. 
Um, so gardens are gardens doing banging. Doing good. They've been growing yeah. well. I've actually shut the water off. I like because yeah. the the timer has a delay where you can say like don't water for. It goes from I think two hours to like. I've had it up to 30 and it didn't end. Just don't forget to turn it back on next week because next week is supposed to be pretty no, no, dry. No. This is the, that's the genius with the timer. On the timer, there's a button that says cancel watering and then it pops up and asks you for how long. Oh. So instead of shutting it off, you just, I like a couple of times where I knew it was going to rain for three days, I just said like 36 hours. Mm-hmm. And I got up, I can't remember if it was 32 or 36, or like in that range and it would still let me go. So, like, you can delay it for probably three or four days. Yeah, next week is supposed to be hot and dry again. So, I don't know. I don't I don't know when we're going to get that second cut <laughs> taken off. It's Yeah, the hay's looking good back there, too. Like, it's mm-hmm. the couple of bales that we left out there are almost buried in. Yeah, I would let those need to come off, obviously. Yeah. I would love to be able to get second cut done before we go away to a cottage for the week of the second week in August. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that's gonna I just hope that the timing works out like maybe if it looks good next week towards I mean, the tail end of next week we could cut it because it's it's looking dry like Wednesday to the weekend is going to be pretty hot and dry so I mean I suppose we could cut it all bale it then bale 50 or 75 bales of baleage the next day I should go to Petrolia tomorrow yeah well you're gonna need the trailer really uh, I ordered twenty boxes, and it's the bigger stuff. You'd have a hard time getting that in your car, huh? I tried to get twice what we would need to do one, but well, partly because we don't know how many rolls. Like that might yeah. be. I think there's more on those. I could not find out the ba- the the wrap that we had from Range Road. I couldn't figure out how much is on a roll, like hmm. the yardage on a roll. So, so I have I to have go no, to Petrolia no to pick up bought. more bale wrap before a second cut. So it is there, it's bought there and paid now, for, so ready to pick up. I just need to go get it. Yeah. So that's, uh, but we could do that before we leave. We could cut it, bale it, pile of it, and then leave the rest for the week we're gone to dry. That's a bad idea. It needs a week to dry. Yeah. But it doesn't need a week to dry. And if it rains, then you're yeah. screwed. Yeah. I, I, I don't think you can cut it and then be away. That's not... <laughs> Mike would lose his shit if he heard you say that. Well, he can come bail it then, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) The hay's looking good. The gardens are looking good. The ducks are looking good. Ruby's looking good. The broilers are coming up. So we picked up the broilers. Mm -hmm. They've been going. They're getting ready to... They're in their awkward teenage phase. Yeah, they need to get outside. Yeah, they're they're outgrowing their little brooder box. They need to go out into the the big coop. I did buy some new screws with washers to do my next plan for that brooder. Yeah. For for the uh, chicken pen. In the meantime, we have three roosters out there that need taken care of so that we can put them in that space and in the interim. Because I think that's going to be a good like intermediary solution to getting them out on the pasture. Yep. And then I think we just need to kind of limit the amount of grazing space that they get and fence it off from Ruby. We can do them over by the gardens. Yeah. We can move them over there instead, mm-hmm. which was kind of my, my thought get one of those portable electric fences that we have around the ducks yeah that was my idea yeah we put a couple places we could put that we've got 14 acres there's, yeah, there's <laughs> yeah. another three over on that side of the house that we could graze them around on we have a lot of under leveraged ac- and acres to be honest, like, and there's no reason for us to graze them so close to ruby we don't we, necessarily we, need that to we happen. thought it was a good idea yeah i mean in hot in hindsight, I don't think that it was a good idea. Nope. I think that, 
lesson learned, we can graze the chickens away from Ruby. And I don't think that our pastures need that much um, nitrogen pumped into them. I, my the, the Like thought, our pastures are in good shape. The thought always is, so they say you want to put the chickens over top where the cows were about three days afterwards. Because mm-hmm. the there's underground bugs that come up and take some of the poop and bring it lower in the ground. Yeah. They're gone because you don't want the chickens to eat those because they're beneficial in the ground. Mm-hmm. But and the flies typically is about a two and a half, two or two and a half day gestation so there'll be larvae when you put the chickens on top yeah and anything that means that we have less flies is a win for me because right now we have so many flies and they're so like they're so annoying in the gym in the milk house like that was the plan was to do them on top of where that is there's just we don't have enough room to keep them to keep them to keep ruby off of where they were for long enough it's not that we don't have enough room we don't have enough fencing yeah yeah, we could theoretically break all this up into 10 pieces if we yeah. really wanted to, but... It's a lot of work. Well, yeah, moving her back and forth would be the tough one. <laughs> she's she's doing good with moving between, yeah. like, one and two pasture. Yeah. But, like, anything beyond that, she's... I do you know, think... I thought about when we, like, take second cutoff, if we graze her in the back and having to bring her in from the back every night, that's not going <laughs> to go well. That sounds like bringing her in with the gator well that's and and this is where a livestock dog like having an actual shepherd that we we have a a shepherd we have a shepherd no you need a shepherd or a mule that you could ride to bring the horse the the i suppose you could do that but you wouldn't that'd be a lot of work to saddle a horse to go get one cow in just bareback but the um so i mean that's like i i remember as a kid a friend's mine had a cattle dog like they had a, a collie actually and they would go out and she'd be laying on the, on the, yeah, we've got a little, one of the boys toys, little collie. She would go out and you'd, you'd give a little click to Katie and she, off she'd go, round them all up, bring them up to get milk. Mm-hmm. Not that they need that much rounding up because no. they, they know, kiss. they know what time it is. They were, they were Holsteins like they're, yeah. yeah, they, they were, half of them were waiting at the barn anyways. Yeah. So. But yeah, they, um, so you like, that'd be one way. Um, I mean, we could open up a piece of the fence back there, so you don't. So she would still be inside the electric fence the whole time. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I think the, if we're putting, if we're gonna put her on the back after second cut, to just graze back there, we need to section that off so she doesn't have free reign over the whole pasture because <laughs> that's like, you'd never get her back. It's uh, six hundred or so meters from front to back. Yeah, and I think yeah, it's, a, lot, a lot of moving <laughs> to get her. Out. I also think it's less beneficial for her. It's less beneficial to the pasture for her to have free reign over the whole thing. She's yeah. going to do a better job of being sectioned off and kind well, of moved in small chunks. And that's why I think next year, perhaps, we should take a look at putting some of the temporary electric fencing from corner to corner. Mm-hmm. So from the, both of the, the two pastures she's in, from the um, shelter on an, on an angle to split those in half like corner to corner mm-hmm. so there's four triangles yeah and then it's easy to move the fence at the front by the shelter on one side or the other depending on which of the two she's going in the front or the back mm-hmm. to get her in even smaller because we do still have to cut that before we, I yeah. did today because she they're they're choosy they eat dessert first they take mm-hmm. all the good stuff and they leave all the other crap we actually moved a portion of the electric fence um on the pasture that she was on to include the yeah. area that we kind of store the equipment, on. the equipment, like all of the implements for the tractor, because the grass was growing up in between, and Instead we don't of, own a lawnmower, yeah. 
So it was somewhat challenging to get the grass cut in between all of those pieces of equipment. So we moved the electric fence to include the equipment so Ruby and Lionel could kind of graze in between it. And there's lots of alfalfa and fescue and all kinds of good stuff growing up in between there. When you get and rid you of the tall see, grass, that stuff comes up a lot very well. Yeah, you could see what she picked first. <laughs> and then Lionel, the dum-dum, got his head stuck, well, his whole body stuck, really, between um, one of the pieces of equipment. Thankfully, like he didn't get rakes. injured. Like, it, it was an old hay rake that we bought at auction that we haven't even used. And he got stuck between, like the tine wheels and the he, the hitch he walked between them like a like a turnstile yeah still and, and, and couldn't go the other way like... now where do i go <laughs> so it's in this like little triangle of like tines one way and like a steel hitch the other way that he couldn't figure out how to jump over it so we had to go out and rescue them yeah well i got a i got a text message going like lionel's stuck in the field you gotta come help well, there. I had gotten a text message from one of our <laughs> members saying, Lionel's got his head stuck in one of the pieces of equipment. And then a phone call. And then I just came out and he, yeah. I, I was expecting a lot worse, but he yeah. was just kind of standing between like the piece of equipment and the hitch, just kind of like. As was I when I came out and yeah. I saw him, I was like, oh, what a dummy. All right, this is not the big deal. So we just lifted it and he ran out from underneath it and it was fine. <laughs> he ran to his mommy. Yeah. Mom, I was stuck. <laughs> and Ruby gave zero shits about her baby stuck in the thing she's just yeah. grazing happily but they've made short work of that like that we did that yeah, last it wasn't week a big and, area it was what like 10 feet by I don't know, yeah, it was pretty feet. long yeah but it was it was a great strategy to get that cleaned up i think we should like <laughs> consider moving her around other parts of the yard that need tidied up a little bit yeah i did a bunch of weed eating today to get rid of some of the areas that she can't get to because we put in i put in some new posts so that's one thing we can do tomorrow afternoon if you're still around is put the fence boards up there. How, what's the strategy to making sure that they are, um, the, <laughs> I'm going to get it. I'm going to make a jig for it. The right height. <laughs> so do you measure from the ground or do you measure from the top? Cause I noticed when the neighbors did it, they, s they used a chainsaw afterwards to yeah. buzz the top of the fence posts off. I'm going to do that on all of the posts eventually. Yeah. Um, I think what I'm going to think I was looking at it today. I think there's the one chunk of fence it's sticking out of where the shelter is uh -huh. i think we're going to start on that and work our way around don't you just like zap a laser level across it and then mark it you have one i found it recently yeah i don't know where i, I found if, it i don't know if it would work out there i don't know if it that one's not made for outside i don't know if you Do you know where it is it. where did i find it did i find it in the basement or did i find it in the storage room there was, one, the gym? In the, there was one in the basement when you were cleaning up the pantry that's what i found then yeah. i don't know if that laser is strong enough that you would see it outside that far away do it in the dark <laughs> <laughs> do it at just night mark time. them all at least yeah yeah i mean there's other ways to do it um i what we did you'd only have to do that to the bottom board and then make a jig for the rest i don't need to do that to any board we have a board to go off of if i put that board on with a level on it get that straight because i can get like the, the one at the front that we did it wasn't the top board that's the problem that one's if you look at it fairly level and straight it's all of the other ones we just kind of got off course sure did <laughs> so yeah i think start there come around and get them all going if you know where we are and you drive past our house don't look at the fence that's in the front <laughs> all of the old fencing looks great the new fence got a little <laughs> bit of a little bit of a a rise all to the of... old farmers probably drive by our fence and go look at these idiots <laughs> Yeah, but we're doing it. Yeah, whatever. 
not well, but we're doing it. <laughs> Just got to take out a bunch of screws and lower that one a little bit. Uh, nails. We use nails. We use nails for that fence. Didn't we? No. I'm you sure about that? Fairly, are you sure about that? I'm pretty sure I we use screws. I think we use nails. No, I remember having a screw gun in my back pocket. Did uh, we? Not, not pocket. I actually have a tool belt with us. Did we use nails for the first little bit and then switch to screws? Because I, I recall using nails. We used nails for the insulators, for the electric fences. I don't know. We'll find out. It's not that. Either way, we can we can solve that problem. Yeah. Anyway. But, so we got some more fence boards to put up. Hopefully we do that tomorrow and get that electric fence, that temporary crap all out. I, um, why did I have to clean out the pantry downstairs? Because <laughs> we talked about it in the last episode, but yeah. we actually have a freeze dryer now. Yeah. And now I have to do electrical work because it's a 30 amp plug, not a standard house one. So I cleaned out an area in the basement that was formerly like our dry food storage because and, even though and we junk just, area. yeah, even though we just renovated our kitchen we don't have a lot of food storage in our kitchen no. because we don't have any upper cabinets. No. <laughs> so we, um, I cleaned out an area, found some good things, threw some things, some not so good things in the garbage. And we moved this free dryer downstairs. But Which it, was an ordeal. <laughs> that's why I'm laughing because you went and picked it up on, on, the, on, a pallet trailer, on the trailer. And I, you took it apart as much as you could, like I lightened took the load as, as many as pieces could. off as you could, but it was still way too heavy to maneuver down the stairs. And I wasn't confident that I could do it. So we were trying to think of like how we can get this thing down the stairs. So what I had said, well, why don't we just slide it down the stairs? Cause we don't have a, we didn't have a dolly nope. that we could use to move it down the stairs. And when I say it's heavy, like that thing probably weighs like 500 pounds. No, I think it's about three and a quarter, three and a half. It's heavy. All in, because all in, it's not 400 pounds. And it's going downstairs into our basement. And it's not a big stairwell either. And it's, the stairs are steep. Yeah. And they got that freaking metal edge on them. And I was wearing a skirt. <laughs> um, like a good little homesteader. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, well, why don't we get like some boards and put a strap around it and inch it down the stairs? That was the solution yeah so i got a big two by two by 12 or something laid it down the stairs it was a, sketchy as hell. A, so I, I i backed the trailer as close to the house as i could and we put it on the gator i backed the gator up to it got it on the gator because i knew i could get the gator right to the door yeah i got it to the door and then we put a moving blanket down and basically like lifted it and kind of like heaved it the three feet to the threshold where the where the moving blanket it was. was a sacrificial moving blanket because we tore it to shreds like getting it down the stairs tearing the sliding it sliding the the freeze dryer down the stairs on the so then it was like slided across the con the tile floor which went, which was relatively easy mm -hmm. on a flat surface like on a moving blanket it wasn't too yeah hard that to wasn't move. that wasn't the hard part it was like, like sliding it down the two by 12 get it up the two by 12 you were on the top holding the moving blanket and I was on the bottom bracing it, slowly letting well, it Well, and kind of just praying because <laughs> if we drop it, we've just dropped $7,000 down the stairs. Like, it was a bit sketchy. I It, it I, wasn't a bit sketchy. <laughs> do you remember that video that I showed you? I think it was maybe um, like in India, the guy in the excavator, like going down the hill, yeah. like using his shovel to as a lever to like pull the excavator down into yeah, a like hole dig it in move it move it up to the bucket site. 
that's kind of how it felt moving that thing down the stairs like sketchy and just I mean we got it down to the bottom of the stairs and we were like wow that worked (laughs) but now we can't use it because we need um, a special plug for it so it takes a 30 amp plug which is the instead of the two prongs that go parallel the one is on an is perpendicular to it so luckily we're not far from an electrical panel it's like 10 feet from an electrical panel so i think i can get that all wired up and going that makes me nervous yep (laughs) (laughs) we're just gonna have a lot of things coming out of the garden fairly soon that we'll need to get that figured out yeah so that's the that i went to plug it in today and i pulled the plug because it's i was did as much as i could reading online and it said no it's just regular 110 take the dedicated 230 amp circuit and it's like I can't. I don't think. I don't think I read that it was thirty amps. Sorry, I can't remember. So I, uh, when I went down to, to plug it in today, I was like, ah, no. So I'm looking forward to having some fun freeze drying some things. I also got berries. I also got an ice cream maker. Yes, that's right. That I haven't had time or occasion to use. So maybe I'll look at some recipes and try to get that. Strawberries are good. Blueberries are good right now. Yeah. So we gotta get that thing going so we can start start drying everything. Hudson's like, why are we doing that? Yeah, why not? <laughs> what was your answer? Why, why we, we're freezing blueberries? Oh, so that we can have summer blueberries in January. That's why we're doing it. Yeah. Um. What else? We went to a concert. We went to two concerts. We went to see Eric Church in Toronto. We went to Budweiser Sage to see Eric Church. Great show. That was fun. It ended up being a really long day because mm-hmm. we left here at 1 and we didn't get home until 1 in the morning or one thirty in the morning. We ended up driving home and... It was a long day, but it was nice. It was good. It was a good show. Um, Eric came with us. Our coach, Eric, came with us. And missed the opening. I, that I was really going to say, he wanted. To, he came with us to that show. And we went to Toronto to see Eric Church rather than Detroit because Steve Smith and the Saints were opening. And Steve Smith? Shane Smith. Shane Smith, whatever. Steve Smith is red-green, <laughs> isn't it? No. Rick Smith is Rick Smith red-green. is red-green. Anyway. And it's actually, no, Rick Smith's not red-green. Rick Smith plays Bill. Oh, okay. What's red-green's name? No. I've, no, Rick Green is Bill. They're both named Rick? I don't remember. Anyway, doesn't matter. I've been watching a lot of red-green lately, too. We missed the opening act, and it was really sad. I felt so bad for Eric, because he was away from his wife and little baby boy to go to the show with us and mix, missed the, the opener that he wanted to see. But Eric Church was great. Cole Wetzel was there too. Cole Wetzel was he was good. okay. Yeah, he's I a mean, little little. He plays on a little, a little harder side of what I than, than what I have been preferring lately. Yeah. Um, and then and we did the Rock the Park. Rock. We went to the. I don't even know what night it was. They used to have like a bunch of different names for them in it, but it was like. Yeah, I don't know that it had. So it was a uh, the trues opened. We didn't make the trues because it Cause was they like started four forty thirty. Yeah, it was 4:45 like forty five or something. And then Bahamas, which we actually missed the opening bit of it. We were there early enough, but they went on early. I think we were coming down the hill as we, they were playing their first yeah. song. Yeah. So we, uh, but that was, that was my main motivation going. Because mm-hmm. we saw um, Bahamas at the Junos a few years back. More than a few years, but 19, 2019. Hudson was just a wee baby. Um, and I kind of got into Bahamas for a while. Got a couple of the records and been listening to the Bahamas Essentials on Apple Music a bunch. Um, and then Vance Joy, which we were, he was okay. Mm-hmm. Not a big fan. I know this is the one song that I know. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Mumford, Mumford and Sons. Sons. 
and this I said to you afterwards, like the next day, I was like, you know, like they were good. They put on a great show. He's a great artist. They're a great band, the whole bit. But I'm like, I think part of my, the thing that I was like, not disappointed by, but like, like <laughs> I'm fairly certain that there's a lot of Lumineers songs that I did not attribute to them because I'm just, also you, not a big Lumineers fan. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not that you're not a fan. You just don't know their music. Yeah. And I th- I felt that way about all of the acts that played and the weather was crummy it rained the whole time we were standing outside <laughs> nice in the park drizzle. there we waited a really long time for food we didn't eat a lot of food nope. there wasn't much food there like in the portion and so there was just like i was just grouchy i think when we bought the tickets like when you said that your parents were you know talking about going it was like january and you know the idea the romantic idea of a summer concert in the park was very appealing. And then and it was in the middle of the week of the, all, the most rain we've had in years. Yeah. And then I didn't really feel like going on that day, like the day of the concert. I wasn't really looking forward to it. And then your dad drove like a maniac <laughs> to get there. And I felt so carsick by the time we got downtown. I felt carsick. And yeah, I don't it was often, really like, bad. I don't and you were sitting in the front seat. Yeah. I was sitting in the back seat. Um, yeah, and then just like the the people and the food and I just, I didn't have a great time. No. I appreciate a live act. I will, like, live music is something special, but I just was not feeling it that no. night. Saw some friends. That was kind of nice. Bumped into a few people that we knew. Some gym members. And yeah, mostly gym members. <laughs> An old friend from the gym. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that. And then we had... Um, a competition last weekend in UG. Collingwood UG series. So we had a, um, one of Maya's friends actually came and helped us milk. So a girl that Maya went to elementary school with who grew up on a dairy farm. And it was funny cause it was in chatting with one of our members and this young lady's name came up and I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't know why I didn't think about asking her to come. So I said, Hey Maya, I need Jessica's phone number. Like, can you send that to me? And I reached out to Jess and she was more than happy to do it. And, experienced and so it took a little bit of the pressure off of teaching someone how to do it for the very first time because I don't feel like I have enough experience to train somebody how to do it like you you have to be good at something first in order to train somebody else how to do it yeah she comes with she knows how to handle cattle yeah she knows how a milker works yeah like because let's be honest like our milker is not her milker but they're not that different she's used one like that before yeah Yeah. and she's she's shown cattle before so she knows yeah you know that that the milker that we have is one that is often used at yeah. cattle shows where you know they have to take a portable milker with her because they get a milk you know at, at a fair like the royal winter fair for example they're there for the whole week really you can't miss milking so they take the the portable milker milkers with them so she was familiar with that style of milker her she said that her family's was quite old <laughs> like you can imagine it only gets used a couple times a year it's been around for a while um but yeah, like that, that entry level sort of knowledge of taking care of a cow, managing a cow, knowing a cow's mannerisms, knowing what to expect from a cow, knowing how to put like just the simplest things that I didn't have to teach her yeah. was made it so much better that she came I mean, and it helped took us so. a couple of weeks of both of us doing like even just moving her in and out yeah and moving, and, a, moving an 800,000 pound and she's not big but an 800,000 pound it's intimidating it sounds like you're saying 800,000 no 800 or a thousand pound um, she's, she's not that big <laughs> no 
but but those are things that I didn't even have to teach Jess. I yep. just had to say like, this is our routine. This is yep. what we do. And she was like, yep, got it. Yep. So that was, that was pretty great. That was. She so, still thinks we're nuts for doing it the way we're doing it. But oh, she, I mean, I don't think that she thinks that we're nuts. I think she kind of has a bit of a chuckle at how we're doing <laughs> things because, you know, at, at scale or at the way that her family does it, she's a conventional dairy farmer. Like they have hundreds of heads of cattle. They don't do things the way that we do it. And we know that. We don't make any apologies for that. Nope. And I think she thinks that it's quaint. Yeah. Like that we mix Ruby's green in five-gallon pails. and <laughs> Not even five-gallon pails, two-gallon yeah, pails. two-gallon bucket. And that, that, that we even ferment Ruby's grain. Yeah. And that sh we put molasses in Ruby's grain. And that we put, you know, this scoop of minerals in, like, this scoop. And... It's, you get a little tiny measuring cup for... Yeah. <laughs> and that we use washcloths to clean her udder that I walk wash a couple yeah. times a week in our washing machine in the house like just these like people don't dairy farmers don't do these things they've got a huge room yeah they got a giant sprayer hose the yeah. cows come in they spray them down yeah slap on the uh slap Iodine. on the teacups and yeah so it just it was a relief to have someone like jess who was willing and able to milk yeah. and she's also going to help us while we're away so that's a huge relief as well and i think this is um even even better that we're milking once a day so that she yeah. only has to be here once a day rather than coming twice a day and yeah. you know well she'll still some days she'll still have to come twice because she'll have to bring him in at night time but um yeah just milking once a day such a such a relief yeah. I, I feel like we're in a really good spot with and it was a good two-day practice yeah and and so she had come to watch me do it um one day the week before so she had come on monday and i kind of walked her through but I milked and then I asked her, I said, like, I learned by doing, like, do you want to come back and run through it yourself and, and you do the milking another day this week. And so she had come back on the Wednesday and she, and she did it. And I was very hands off. I mean, I answered questions if she had them, but I kind of let her feel it out to do it her way. I didn't want to, I hate, I, there's nothing worse than being micromanaged and I hate micromanaging. I've led enough teams of people over my lifetime that I don't want to be, you know, cluttering up the big stuff with the minute details that, you know, if she finds a different way to do it or if she does it a different you way. You might learn like, something. Totally. So I just kind of sat back and watched and she did great. So. So we were comfortable leaving for a competition Friday afternoon. Yeah, so we went up to Collingwood for UG Series and um, had the same cottage that we had last year for the same event. Um, I didn't compete last year, but we had a team in from the gym, Kate and Eric, Corey and Cheryl, so members and coaches from our gym. And then so this year it was me, uh, Bree, Nick and Luke. Luke is a budding coach in the gym. And, um, yeah, we just had a really, really fun time. We, they announced the workouts last Monday, like a week you before the competition. shitting yourself. I was feeling a little bit nervous before they answered, they released the, the workouts. Um, but once they released them, I, I was like, yeah, this is going to be fun. Just because you never know what elements they're going to put in and how long the workouts are going to be and the weather plays a part like is it going to be blazing hot with scorching sun you know is it going to be 
20, 30 minute workouts, which isn't ideal for an event that size. Like, so there's all, all of the unknowns. And so they released the workouts and they were really, really well programmed. Like the weights were reasonable. The movements were reasonable. The workouts looked fun. And so they released them on Monday. We practiced a couple of them on that Wednesday and I'm such a dork. So I wrote them all out on the whiteboard we got together after the 9.30 class, all four of us, and talked strategy and how we thought that the workout should go and how we wanted to break them up. Because a team of four, some of the workouts were male-female pairs. And then some of the workouts were male-male, female-female. Like shared workload, like gender, but like, yeah. um, but partnered up. And so we talked about strategy. We talked about how we wanted to break them up. We did all that. And there was a couple of the workouts that were like, okay, well, let's just move through these and see how it feels. And I am so dumb. I didn't warm up <laughs> and I have an old groin injury from overhead squatting a couple months ago. That's, it's been feeling fine. Like it flared up on me when I was doing overhead squats a few months ago. And then last Wednesday, it like really flared up. And then I, I kind of got nervous and thought, oh no, what did I do? So I went to go see um, one of our members is a excellent physiotherapist in town. So I went to go see her and she got into my hip flexors and TFL. If anybody's had any work done on their TFL, they know how agonizing that is. It's very painful. Um, but it felt great afterwards. <clears throat> some acupuncture and some some ART. I felt great for the competition. And then the first workout had wall balls in it and I felt it pop. And I was so worried, like first competition. And that first, like the, or the first, um, first workout, I that for I underestimated that first workout so much that I didn't even consider that it was going to be difficult that we needed to practice or even like talk strategy like we practiced the hanging and the the knee raises so it was um 14 shuttle runs 14 shuttle runs everybody all together and then it was um one team of male female hung from rings while the other team of male female did 40 hanging knee raises synchronized hanging knee raises and then as a team of four the kitten is in the tack room as a team of four um a hundred synchronized wall balls but like in teams of two so you could switch those out however you wanted to and then it was then you switch so the team that was hanging before is now doing knee raises the other team is hanging and then 14 shuttle runs to finish off it didn't seem like a lot. It didn't seem like much until it is. And I don't know if like the adrenaline from feeling my groin pop on the wall balls was playing into that a little bit because that workout laid me out. Like it took me about 15 minutes and two bananas to recover. I got, I, we missed the first workout. I got back and you were laying in the middle of the tent that we had set up. Yeah. And like all red and... I was surprised you had your shoes on because yeah. that's not normal for you. It was really bad. But I was looking at you going like, what's like, are you? Are you what just happened? Do we need to find it's a funny like, lookalike? I was, to I was asking myself the same thing. Like what just happened? Like that workout was not that difficult. It wasn't that hot. I think it was just like the intensity of the first event. It was only nine minutes. Like we finished that workout in nine minutes and nine seconds. Like it wasn't a lot. It wasn't a sprint. Like we took the shuttle runs fairly easy. Hanging knee raises and hanging from rings is no problem. Like 
50 wall balls broken up is nothing like but those are sometimes the workouts that get you the worst but that's what i'm saying so like i completely underestimated this workout that it didn't even like it wasn't a blip on the radar that it was something that we needed to practice or strategize like we're just like oh just to get through it like (laughs) it's fine it'll be fine and then there was another um girl that i used to coach at one of the other gyms that i've worked at um as i was walking back to the tent she said hello to me and i had such tunnel vision I don't even know what I said to her, but I remembered seeing her. And so I caught up with her later and said, I am so sorry. When I saw you, I was trying not to die. Like I just needed to get to the tent. And she's like, yeah, you looked really rough. And I was like, I didn't feel like I was going to throw up. I felt like I was going to pass out. Like I visualized myself while I was hanging from the rings. I visualized myself passing out and landing on the mat that was underneath my feet. So just like, just keep breathing, just keep hanging on. Just like, again, this workout wasn't difficult. There were no movements. And so like, I was, after that, I was kind of worried that that was going to set the tone for the rest of the day. Cause I mean, this is the first event. <laughs> we still have three events to go. So the next event was a run swim workout, which I wasn't feeling, I don't, running is not my strength. I'm not a, I'm not a great runner. Um, and my partner, Nick, um, isn't like burpees are are challenging for him because he's got some knee issues so that workout really highlighted our weaknesses a 1k run yeah. 40 burpee over box and then a swim burpee box jump overs and then it was supposed to be a 100 meter swim but they really dialed it back and i would say that that was 50 meters at best yeah i don't even know at best that. um but i talked to one of the organizers afterwards and he said that friday was friday is the individual competition at this particular event and they were pulling people out of the water like it was not a good it wasn't a good scene so but that event went really really well like my leg felt great I think maybe the run flushed it out the swim felt great the water it felt so good to get into the water after all of that but the burpees I remember we were 15 burpees in and I think I was just staring down the barrel of how much more work we still had to do and I was laying on my stomach in the muddy grass doing a burpee and just kind of went holy fuck like we have so much work to do and the judge even commented that like that was his favorite part what 15 burpees in and i was already like cursing how much was right. left it was, he was he was kind of fun because he, he was, was playing with the kids too because me and hudson and bo were and actually um nick's Jackie. kids were sitting were sitting on the other side of the fence and like literally like a foot from the guy he's leaning on one side of the fence and we're like you know leaning on the other side type of thing and so he actually had the kids calling out every five. Yeah, He's like, ready, three, four. It was four, cute. Ready, what are we going to say on the next five. one? Yeah. And, and so, engaged I mean, with them. And past, once we got to 10, Hudson was kind of out of it. He's going like, whatever. Like All but. of all of our judges were really great. And I think the key to having a great experience with your judge is, you know, introducing yourself to your lane judge, asking them their name, calling them by name thanking them for their time not making them feel like you're competing against them yeah like we're all just here to have a good time we're here to have fun and like ask your clarifying questions before the workout starts not in the middle of the workout and and i i said this to the team before we like when we met up on wednesday just move with integrity like you're representing our gym you're where our logos were on all of our clothing for the entire day i don't want people to see our team members acting like assholes if there's a discrepancy a movement discrepancy with the judges i've said this to athletes before when i've been coached because i was in the gym a bunch coaching 
some of the competitive like film stuff for comp- online competitions and whatnot and i said to them like don't leave question yeah when you're doing movements like do the whole thing and and don't like when you're squatting don't squat just a parallel yeah make it like remember especially on film remember like it's harder to spot those things on film so don't give them a reason to back out of that like don't give your judges reasons to 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 fight you you know make it obvious that you're getting the right depth you're getting this you do you know you don't you're not just trying to half-ass this and try to cut corners yeah do it to the letter and do it to the best of your ability so i was happy with our performance on that workout so we finished um 14 and 18 minutes on that workout it was two separately timed so um nick and i were the second partner group and brie and luke were the first partner group so they got a three minute head start on us and we weren't allowed to start on our burpee box jump overs until they were clear of the boxes obviously because it was two boxes per team um one for the guy and one for the girl so so your team starts out at the start line your first pair goes for their run three minutes later the second pair gets released for their run yeah right after the run the first team goes into the burpee box jump overs right from there you go into the swim and basically if you catch your partners you have to wait for them right but it was still important for us to get back quickly from the run because that was separately timed and And i think that's something that maybe we could have shaved a few seconds off because as we were coming around the corner i could see that they were still working and i said to nick like they're still jumping like slow down because we have to wait for them anyway but then i was like oh no wait this (laughs) our time counts so then we sprinted in but so that was fine um and yeah we we did reasonably well on that workout given it was like two of our weakest movements in the same workout we got yeah, through it. We didn't get time capped. Two, two tall guys that are both decent at running. Yeah. But then you get to the burpees and it's just. Yeah. And we, um, it was a 20 minute time cap on that workout and we didn't get capped. Yeah. So that's good. Um, but then the next workout was probably my favorite. The next workout was called Macho Rower and it was um, two six minute. Sorry. The guys got six minutes to row a thousand meters and then max reps of a barbell complex that was three power cleans, three front squats three jerks and do that as 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 many many times times as possible in the remaining six minutes and then there was a two minute break and then the girls got seven minutes so to do the same work so a thousand meters on the rower and then as many rounds of the barbell complex as possible and we practiced that one that was one of the ones that we practiced um last wednesday like for all four of you that's fairly wheelhouse totally wheelhouse yeah. like that was we placed fourth in that workout we placed fourth out of 74 teams in that workout like and it was fun like it was just right along the edge of the, the right pier. on the water like right on the the wall of the the canal thing and yeah right underneath the silos at the harborfront park in collingwood and actually the organizer of the event was our judge for that workout so his name's connor from industry and um we were kind of chatting a little bit before the workout started and just sharing some you know memories of last year and how much it had had grown this year over last year and how like how they changed some of the events and I said you might remember our team from last year we had a problem with the atlas stones he's like don't worry those are at the bottom of the water like (laughs) those are at the bottom of the canal we're not doing atlas stones again there's a bit of a snafu with the the stones with our team last year so it was just kind of nice to have like that bit of a rapport with the judge because he kind of he there was a gimme on two reps for sure like (laughs) Bree did a thruster that should have been like a front squat then a jerk and she just kind of came up at the bottom of the thruster and went straight overhead and he let her have it and then the last my last clean uh, was I was standing it up as the whistle blew 
for the end of the event and he gave it to me. So that was kind of, that was nice. So we ended up, yeah, placing fourth on that workout. Um, so it was the, the row time, uh, was scored and the, the women's row time was the tie break and Brie and I rode a quick pace. We were pretty hot on the rower and then we ended up with 22 combined rounds plus nine reps. So that was fun. That was like pretty light barbell for all of us, like 65 and 95 pounds. We were able to throw it around fairly well. So that was good. And then the last workout was what we thought was going to be a smoke show. We thought we were just going to blow this workout out of the water. Um, and maybe a little bit of false confidence. I'm Don't get me wrong. I'm happy with, with the outcome. But I think that we uh, we didn't do as well on the last one as we thought we would have. It was, um, so women went first and it was three rounds of 14 alternating dumbbell snatches at 20 pounds. This is a joke. And then four 10 foot rope climbs. You go, I go. If one partner didn't have the rope climbs, they at least had to make an attempt and the other partner could complete the rope climbs. So three rounds of that. So while Bree and I were completing that work, the boys were accumulating calories on the echo bike and then we switched. So the boys did the rope climb and snatches and then we accumulated calories on the echo bike. And then it was a 12 minute time cap. So if you got all of the rounds done, then you just got to go ham on the bike for as long as, you know, until the the score was total calories, was total calories. We underestimated how much time we were going to have to get back to the bike because we had four minutes to get max calories on that bike and I think so two things we Brie and I probably could have gone harder on our turn on the bike but we had (laughs) foolishly thought like we'll just we'll let the guys go after it not realizing how much time was left um and so four minutes is a really, really long time for the boys to have to carry the that load. And the transition, like you, you, you want to minimize transitions. It's not, that's not tra- The transition on the bike is not as bad as a rower transition. It is but, if you have to up and down the seat yeah. because the boys are two feet taller than you are. And Nick was saying that even him, like Luke even had the seat two clicks over what Nick liked. Yeah. So there was a lot of up and down on the seat. We tried to keep it like the boys went in like the boys went back to back and then we moved the seat and then Bree and I went back to back and then we'd move the seat if the guys yeah. wanted to go again. But by the end of it, we were only able to stay on for 20 seconds at a time. So you can imagine like we're only getting in 20 seconds, 30 seconds yeah. of work and your calories. legs are turning into lead. You're only getting a few calories. So as we were kind of leaving <laughs> the athlete area, we were looking at the other bikes to see how many calories were on them. We got 253 calories, which is nothing to sneeze at like I'm again I'm so pleased with the way that our team did that did that event because Nick has a hard time with um, rope climbs as well and he put in he a solid show he, he did every single one it was so awesome I think with like a feather in his cap too but our legs all blew up on that echo bike at the end like we were all just like lead legs my legs are still so sore I still have to go down the <laughs> stairs backwards we were walking down a hill earlier out on the over by the ducks and you're like so I almost biffed it on that workout, like going back to the tent. I there's a little bit of a, a dip, like a ditch, yeah. to go, like, past the walkway into you the, cross the a tent ro- you area. Cross a little driveway, and you have to like, there's a ditch on either side. And the the incline to, the the decline to incline 
almost got me. I almost biffed it. <laughs> I ate shit on that one. But this, so we're walking past the other bikes. We had 253 calories. The next bike had like 206. We're like, ha suckers. The next bike had like 220. We're like, yeah, we beat them too. The last bike had 307 calories on it. We were like, ooh, maybe Brie and I could have worked a little harder. <laughs> but that was fun. I think I saw, so. I think I know which lane it was. And I saw that guy going, there was a guy going ham. Well, I mean, Luke and Nick were going ham oh, too. Oh no, but this I, guy was. Yeah he was putting on a bit of a clown show. I'm like, dude, like you're not helping yourself. Like <laughs> that's not, I know you think that that's doing something, but yeah. So, and then we had, we, the beautiful cottage, we had a really fun t- like team night afterwards, like went for a swim and yeah, went we in had, the hot tub and we brought the air boots. So we all took turns using the air boots, the, the, yeah, air hot, the hot boots. tub. We had the air relaxed boots. We had the massage gun. Nobody broke that thing out that night, but the, and then uh, we, Nick used it. We I had, uh, we had dinner, we kind of prepped all the dinner stuff. I made a pulled pork and you did some potatoes and veggies and whatnot. So getting back was pretty slide right into dinner. Yeah. It was a good so plan. Pre-planning those meals was a bit of a pro move. And and again, it's not our first time at the rodeo and yeah. with these competitions. So you kind of know how the day is going to be structured. You know what to expect. You're, you're going to want to eat when you get back, but you're not going to want to prepare a meal. So we had everything ready to go that it could just be like... It was in tinfoil trays that it could just be popped right into well, the even, oven. When, we I went, when I left to come back after nap time, I threw the pulled pork in. And then I texted Maya to throw the veggies and stuff in. Mm-hmm. And then Kate was texting me like, do we need this? Or should I, I'm going to the grocery store. I, I'm like, everything's there. She, she brought a salad, which was great. Yeah, I mean, she, great addition. But she went to the bougie grocery store across the road and, and got a salad because that's such a great grocery store. Yeah. We love that grocery store. Surf and turf. Mm-hmm. So, so she, uh, so I'm like, no, like just when you get back, just check on the veggies and stuff. Make sure everything's good to go. And she's like, oh my God, you guys had everything done. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. We, we planned ahead and we kind of know. I like how much credit you're taking yeah. for this. Yeah. You put the pulled pork on the barbecue. <laughs> so that's the cottage and the competition weekend. We have decided to go with mayhem programming with the gym. So we're in week two of, uh, Rich Froning's mayhem programming. Is it fast food week? It's sub submarine sandwiches, like subs is the, I wonder if that has anything to do with the sub sinking. <gasps> oh, Rich too soon. Pro, I don't know. No, I don't, I don't think it's too soon. I think it's funny. Um, last week was cheese. Last week was cheese. This week is subs. Um, and I, I've noticed that also a lot of the question of the days are in relation to the theme of the week. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's on purpose. Like we've yeah. been trying to use the theme the workout theme to give us ideas for question of the day. So that's been fun. That's been like prompts for question of the day, more or less. Right. Um, And then we have yoga is back. So one of our members um, is working on her yoga certification. She's got two classes left, but this is kind of giving her some practical experience. So we fired up the studio back up. So didn't fire it up. You're not doing hot. yoga. No, we're not doing hot yoga. No, but um, yoga is back on the schedule, which is, Lovely. One day a week for now, hoping to get more. So Wednesday evenings at 7.30, we've got Kate teaching yoga. And then what else? What else is on my list? I have Coyote Trap. We've been trying to catch Coyote every night. We've seen a Coyote on that trail cam. Not every night, but Mostly like every four night. or five nights a week. And we still haven't caught him. No. I haven't seen him since I put the dog food in there. Yeah. So we feed Lucy raw food and I took, I had a bunch of, like I put chicken in it. I'm like, well, damn Coyote likes chicken. 
Yeah. So we, uh, I put some chicken in it when we had butchered those other chickens, and that didn't do it. So I put some dog food in. I did close it while we were gone because mm-hmm. I didn't want to, didn't want to catch a coyote. Want to, want to be as humane as possible, and didn't want to let it there sit for in there days. for three days. Um, and then I had on my list the bees. The bees are fine. The bees are good. We checked up yeah. on the bees last week, and we had boxes, and the activity seems about the same. So hopefully, we'll in another week or so, we'll probably put them up and see we, if they've been moving up. We moved the trap for the pollen collector, so we put it. Um, from the closed position to the open position so that the bees have to enter through the pollen collector. So hopefully we'll have some bee pollen. That'll be kind of Local be cool. bee pollen for, the, for those with allergies. That'll be great. And then the other thing that I have on my list is, so two things. I took the boys to Customins today. Yeah. So Customins is a local adventure park slash blueberry farm. We didn't pick blueberries because I am realistic in my expectations of how much I'm going to be able to get done with the boys. We bought blueberries. I would like to go back and pick blueberries because they looked, blueberries are so easy and fun to pick. Like, and the, the bushes were literally hanging down to the ground with fruit. Like they're so loaded with fruit. So, and the blueberry season is quite long. Like it, it does last quite a while. So I'd like to go back and pick some bloobs, but just like, the adventure park is so much fun and they're adding more things to it every year. So there were some things that have been there before, but we've never played in. Um, we've never played in the corn bin. It's been there before. We've never played in it. And by corn bin, you literally mean a yeah, giant a area grain full of bin. Corn. And so the, the one area for the older kids is like inside the grain bin. And then the little side area for the little ones is like a raised platform. It's more like a sandbox filled with corn. But it's enough, like it's, you know, knee deep for the boys and shovels and rakes and funnels and, you know, is it? Don't pour that in your mouth, Hudson. <laughs> I called him a ding dong. Um, because then Bo was like shoveling it into his mouth and chewing it. Like I had to wipe his mouth when we were leaving because he had corn all over it, like chewed corn all over his face. <laughs> they like corn. And they like it changed his diaper when we got home. There's corn kernels in his diaper, but whatever. They had a blast, like feeling the corn squish between their toes and on their feet, like super sensory, right? And then there was the the pedal cars, but uh, we've done the pedal cars before. There's just it's such a great place. Like they add more things every There's time. There's literally they, like ten or twenty activities. Yeah, like we we and were there for three hours. We could have been there all day. Yeah. Like if, if Bo didn't still nap, we could have been there all day. They had such a blast. It was such a great and time. And the dirt pile. Yeah. I they have to like. just have a pile of dirt. It sucks because like it's right at the front and Bo loves the tractors and trucks. And so for, probably for the first 15 minutes, I spent just watching Bo play on the dirt while Hudson like ping ponged between all of the other activities because he wanted to like, he just wants to run around and go. Um, but I'm like, man, did I just pay $45 for a bow to play in dirt? You can do this at home, buddy. <laughs> but, um, but it was fun. It was a good time. And then the other thing that, um, we got for them was the rainbow road, the Mario Kart yes. rainbow road, hot wheels track. That's been super fun too. Yeah. I've enjoyed playing with that with them, especially when it was so rainy last week, it gave us something to do inside when it was so crummy and humid and gross and you couldn't really go outside and Blah. so break um, that thing out set it all up it was downstairs in the basement and i thought oh this will be fun and clicked it all together and set it up for the boys so if you've if you've never seen it before look it up it actually has the little cloud with the little light like and a starter block and yeah and then it has like obstacles that you can flip up so as the cars go by they can either 
you know, it's a banana, like a banana peel, like a Mario Kart or a bomb or whatever, and it stops them from green shell and a red shell finishing. And it's it's a fun time. Yep. Um, and then Bobo's birthday is coming up, so <gasps> our little dude. We're looking two at two years already. Yeah, already. I don't know, man. It's been two years of hanging on by the skin of my teeth. I'm not. It doesn't feel like it's gone by fast. It, it like it it doesn't. When I look at pictures of this time last year, I'm like, wow, the last year has gone by fast. But like when I think about, you know, since his birth, it doesn't feel like it's gone by fast. It feels like it's been like quicksand. The days like just go slow. <laughs> like walking through mud. Um, but we're looking at getting something special for him for his birthday. So I'm I'm excited. I think this will be. This will be a fun birthday gift, so we'll share more. Maybe that would be a good time to tell um, Bo's birth story. I don't know. We did. We what never recorded one for him. We didn't, no. That seems unfair, doesn't it? We made a point to record Hudson's and haven't done Bo's. I was going to say typical second child, but Bo's the fifth, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... A lot of the stuff was kind of the same as Hudson's. Um, nope, sure wasn't. <laughs> no, Bo's birth was not like Hudson's. Nope. I mean, that <laughs> yeah, I mean, that part was the same, but that's kind of the where it begins and ends. Everything else with Bo's birth was quite different. So He's a funny dude. He is, and he's starting to talk, and it's really cute. Like he, He's still kind of in the parroting phase where he says things after you, but every now and then he comes out with a short little phrase on his own. Like, I mean... I'm on, Daddy. Gator ride? Like when he strings a sentence together that's I'm like, on. I'm on. His little grippy hand. And grabby hands. I'm on. Gator ride? He loves the gator. He could he ride that the gator truck all day. What did he say? Yeah. Uh, he said driving a truck. See you later. <laughs> driving the truck. See you later. Um, yeah, we were outside at six o'clock this morning. Yeah. Driving. Not, he, not the he, gator because I refused to drive the gator. Because he also knows how to open the door. Yeah. And does not care to put shoes on. He's just like... Nope. He let the dog out. <laughs> the dog was chasing one of the members who was running in the driveway, barking. Did he close the door behind him? Uh, no, the door was open. Because he, close, he mo usually closes the door behind That's him. That's funny. Like, even when he gets out of his room at nighttime, he, he comes out of his room in the middle of the night and closes the door behind there's him. For, to, for <laughs> him to get to the kitchen, there's three separate doors, and he will open and close all three of them. It's kind of cute when he closes it behind him, because he's so little, he has to turn around to close the door, obviously, because he has to reach up and grab the handle. But, like, he comes out the door, turns around, like, grabs the shuffles handle, back. shuffles back, like, backs up and closes it, and then turns around, and sometimes we're standing there yeah. he's like hi mommy <laughs> oh, he's so cute and because it's been so humid his hair has been super curly oh, and in an instant yeah he looks greasy a minute after his bath yeah, the curly hair and big brown eyes and you know, what a dude he's such a sweetheart little bobo he's a frustrating cutie he is, and i think that's part of why he's so frustrating because he like he can be such a little stinker he screams and cries so much like he cr he is always yelling and he has been doing this since it, do you remember when we renovated the kitchen and we had the the dining car outside yeah. the storage container that's when the screaming really landed for me because we were inside this tin can literally and Bo was in his high chair screaming at dinner time and I remember 
sitting like moving myself outside sometimes or moving him outside sometimes like just taking his picking his high chair up and <laughs> putting him outside like literally outside the sea can because I, I couldn't take it like he's just so noisy such a screamer in our house he's noisy yeah he has to be yeah but then sometimes he's so sweet like when he was kissing Owie? me today i have Kiss. a little like blown blood vessel on my cheek that's been there since hudson and he said a hurt mama i said nobody it doesn't hurt a kiss mama he asked me if he can kiss it <laughs> so he like like with his whole face like slobber kiss right on my little like spot I do it to anywhere, like if you've got a little yeah. like, cutter or scrape or He's something. He's such a little sweetheart. Awa? He's so cute. So hopefully he gets a good sleep tonight because he was up a few times last night. So He's up a few times most nights. Yeah, more so last night it seemed though. And maybe that was just because I was so tired and sore that I was like, I can't move. <laughs> like I literally cannot roll over. And I went to bed so early last night because I didn't have a good sleep the night before. Saturday night I took him to like... Well, one thirty in the morning to fall asleep. Then Bo was up at five thirty. So, like, all of the work that I did on Saturday and then four hours of sleep was was not a great recovery strategy. So, I tried to go to bed a little bit early last night, but I'll try again. Well, it's already ten o'clock now, so. Well, we'll pack it in. Yeah. Have a good week. Bonne nuit.